Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, character analysis, general rants, and major spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone, it's Tuesday, so you know what time it is. It's time for Spyrokin's Television Tuesday, the podcast where we talk about new TV shows that we're watching. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Yes, she's back! It's been a month and a half and she's back! Hooray! Yay! Yes, I'm so happy you're back. It's been so long and so many things have been going on. So many craziness, so lots of TV shows and lots of life things. And I missed all of it. And all the podcasty things and all the animes and the manga but stuff. But I watched the Snowpiercer. Yes, and we'll be releasing the Snowpiercer finale deep dive really soon. I know we're late a little bit, but it's better to think about it because so much happened during that those last two episodes. It was kind of crazy, but... If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Television Tuesdays, where we talk about various different TV shows that we're currently watching, and we tell you the pros and cons about it in the beginning, our basic overviews, and then, after the final credits, we actually have a spoiler section where we go deep into the episodes themselves. So far, we've been talking about various TV shows, but the two that we've been focusing on in the last couple times are Stargirl and... Nosferatu season two and we actually have a new tv show that we're kind of going to talk a little bit about and that's just binging a little bit and that is a netflix original series that we saw all six episodes of because it's It's totally guilty pleasure it is it's a season three of a good show but we'll talk about that in a little bit um beforehand if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes you can check them out at www.spirekin.com we're also on instagram spotify facebook youtube stitcher twitch and various other social media sites and i will also be at the upcoming anime next virtual convention where i have two panels coming out one of them is from inside the pantry horror and anime manga where i talk about manga and anime where they eat people and we're going to be also talking about order up culinary manga practical applications where i talk about various culinary manga and anime and to top it off I show you some of the practical applications of using those different manga, whether it's making food or finding locations for stuff. And there's videos so you can see what Zan looks like. Yes, and hear me talking. And even though the order up one, I I buttoned up my shirt so I look a little chunky. The other one, I look a little more respectable, I think. But now that that shameless plugging is out of the way, let's get to it, Charlie, because it has been a crazy ride for these two shows. Now, first off... We're going to start off with Nosferatu, Episode 7, Cripple Creek, directed by Trisha Brooke. And this episode was kind of an interesting reaction to the last episode. Because in the last episode, Vic is in the hospital after the events of what happened at the cabin. We have Wayne is currently in the backseat of the, of the Wraith. Uh, we find out also that finally Chris and... Linda believe Vic and the hourglass man is now dead so we know that's going on in this episode we have it's actually a Vic light episode there is no Vic in this episode at all the whole thing pretty much follows two basic things one we're focusing on what's going on in Christmas land with Millie and then we have what's going on with Charlie Manx and Bing because last episode, Bing knocked out Charlie and took him because he wants to have an honest conversation about where he's going in this company and what's been going on since this entire time. Because let's be honest, Bing has been a pretty faithful Renfield and Charlie has hurt him a lot. So Bing understandably has... Left him for the cops to find him. Yeah. Talks down to him. And he has some legitimate concerns. So he forces him to tell him the truth using the gingerbread gas but more importantly than that we actually find out more about charlie's origins and not just like in the second episode of this season where we had the whole flashback about how he became this vampire and why he has nosferatu as his license plate this is more about why he has all these issues that he has also bing like growing up you see his mother yeah you will you realize he's from the wild west basically yeah and it's a very interesting character study episode How old is charlie 135 years old this they admit he's so he's from like 1910 1890 give or take but 
as we said, this is a character study on him and also Millie realizing that she can't trust her dad, which is also going to lead to some things because the way his her dad is, how is this going to affect their relationship? And we also see... Um, I thought this was a really good episode. It is a really good episode because it's a great character study and also it's it's essentially a one-room drama because most of it is taking place in the garage and it's being just talking to Charlie and finding out what is going on and where, what is he well, lying what about. What I like is Charlie's not even really narrating. It's the flashback, which is showing it like objectively. So I thought that was, I don't know, I like that. that and also, cool. I do like that Bing, we've watched him. He started off as a very relaxed and simple person. And then he became much more of a sad character. And then he was a horrible character. And this is the culmination of that. This is a crossing point for him. Because he admits to himself that I'm not on the good list. And he has to do something. And he realizes he's not the... He knows he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's not stupid either. He might be simple, but he's a force to be reckoned with. Yes, and the twist at this ending, it's so heartbreaking. It's one of those, why? So this one is definitely, again, worth watching. It's a great sequence. And the you have to admit that both Zachary Quinto and Olaf Olafsson they are the MVPs of this episode. They do so much work. And they're just... Just the character dynamic between them and their relationship over time. I want the next season to start. This Well, there's no season. I think the series is going to end in this season. I think it's only a two-season. Because the book is only ends at a certain point. So I think that there's... Well, we're going to have to wait and see how this goes. Next episode is, one, is five days away. And I'm just chilling to see how it goes. I will say the LVP for this episode, I think... Well, actually, there wasn't an LVP in this episode. Everybody was on high point. Uh, the most frustrating character is Wayne at this point, but that's just... Wayne is fighting, turning into a Christmas land demon, and he's not succeeding. Because last week we saw him kind of get... Well, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section, but this is a great one to watch. Highly recommend it. So now let's get into the part one of the season finale for Stargirl. And dun, bum, bum. wow, we finally find out the secret Claudestine, very evil pl- master plan of the ISA. And also we have the new Justice League or sorry, Justice Society going against the ISA. Who's going to win? Who will lose? What's going to happen? And also, now that all the villains know who Stargirl is... What is the fallout? And that is what this episode sets up the first part of. And it ends on a cliffhanger because this is part one of two. The name of this episode is Stars and S-T-R-I-P-E. Because it's the robot. And this is part one, directed by Toa Frazier, who's done a lot of just TV dramas and like three films I've never heard of before. And this episode, we've seen Courtney come a long way. She went from girl who is a whiny little brat to... A force to be reckoned with. And also her mom seeing her finally be a superhero. And she's like, you're amazing, is a great sequence. Also, finally, Mike is let in on the secret. little spoiler there. And dealing with the ISA now. Because the ISA is not playing around anymore. It's there. Is it a spoiler if I say that Stargirl gets to uh, meet her father? Oh, that was last episode. All right. This episode is, well, we know that it's the fallout from her meeting her father, yeah. which I told you from the beginning of the season, that her dad was not Starman, and... Well, so did Stripey. He was all, your dad's not Starman. I don't know who your dad is, but I know he's not Starman. And she didn't believe it, and this led to so many problems this season with her being like, yeah, my dad, I'm going to avenge my dad, because it's what my dad wanted. And she almost divorced Pat and Barbara because of her, because dad was Starman, and he's, and, and... She thought that he was filling her head with, and she's just like, "No, my daughter's just an idiot." But and I, that like forced a waiver of confidence in her because she realizes her dad's kind of an asshole. And this takes place literally a minute after the last episode. This isn't a she has time to cope with this. This no. is. It's like 
She had 12 from the last episode. It starts off like it's from 12 no hours coping. to 11. No, yeah. she has to just deal with this. There's no coping. There's no. There's not even time to deal with it. You're just rolling with it. And the ISA is, is now on board trying to kill all of the members of the new JSA because they know who they are. You have that going on. You have all the JSA members actually stepping up. I mean, Yolanda is still kind of a mess because, let's be honest... There's a lot of messy stuff going on with Yolanda. She finally forgave Henry Jr., and but he's dead now. And she has to deal with that. She's still a mess with that. Beth is having to step up, and Beth is totally stepping up. She is, went from the weird, creepy girl to someone who's actually just kind of being cool about it, even though... But I like that she's always kind of known who she is. Yeah. She, I wish she still had an episode just dedicated to her, just not her I feel being... like it's coming up. We only have one more episode of the season, so maybe next season. We have that going on. Also, Justin. Justin kind of... Well, we see that he is getting better, but he still has that brainwash going with him. Where he constantly goes back to, I gotta go clean up. Like, I'm a janitor. Yeah. I'm gonna go clean the bathroom. But he's trying. Hey, you know what? If he wanted to rest up at our place and keep cleaning the bathroom i'd be okay with it i'd be like you know what you go clean that bathroom we'll see you when you're done justin is such a great character i want to see him get a great resolution and then of course the villains all had their moment to shine except for the fiddler the principal that whole that was just a travesty in and of itself. That was we'll talk about that surprising. In spoil- we'll talk about that in spoilers, but she's gotten the short end of the stick the entire time, and this just screwed her up. Jordan. Dare we say the short end of the bow? Har har. I like it. Thank you. I will say, like I said, uh, Jordan has become a little more, like, he's supposed to be the big bad, and he seems very... He's not as bad as how the Fiddler was, but he's just kind of... Tell me when it's done. And just kind of, he's not hands on right now, which is a little weird. It makes me feel that one of the other members may try to make a power play, which would be possible. But so this episode has, overall, it's evolved from where it was originally. It's a better show than what it was. It's a much better show than what it was. The beginning was so rough. If you remember, I was okay with not continuing watching it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I hated, I hated Mike. I hated Courtney, and I felt the adults were better actors. But the thing is, all the characters have come together. Even Rex, who's been, as I've talked about, Mr. Rageaholic, I'm angry at the world because my dad was taken away by Solomon Grundy, and then he almost ruined everything by fighting Solomon Grundy early on instead of doing what he was supposed to do when they raided uh, the ISA's headquarters. It's He's getting better. He He's starting to realize that he doesn't need to be angry man all the time, but... We're going to see how this ends and that insidious plot. Well, the, it's a part two. Last episode of the season. And that's where it is. So, now that we're... So, this is worth watching. We'll see how that ends and we'll compare it. Now, the other show that we were watching, the one that is the more difficult or more strange is, is we watched on Netflix season three of Sugar Rush, a food competition show. And this one is a weird, unique, and strange show that stars three uh, celebrities. And then we have the host who... Well, I didn't even write the name of the host because he's such a weirdo, but it's just... No, it stars the same two celebrities. Adriana Zumbo, who's this Australian amazing baker known for his macarons. I always want to call them French macarons, but um, the other main celebrity is Candace uh, Nelson. Yep, Candace Nelson. She's the creator of Sprinkles Cupcakes and she has all these other things going on, but and then I the love host Sprinkles is Cupcakes. Hunter Marsh who we feel really bad for because I like him as a host. He's, he's a funny. charismatic and really cool guy. So here's a funny cool thing about Hunter Marsh as the host of Sugar Rush. So basic premise, there's three rounds to the competition. It starts off, there's always a guest host. So there's Candace Nelson, Adriana Zumbo, and then a uh, celebrity guest judge. So there's always like three three main people that are going to judge everybody. And then you have your hunter, March, who's the um, host. host. So round one, there are four groups of two bakers. And round one, everybody makes a cupcake. Now, each episode is usually themed 
or whatnot, but basically you're making a cupcake the first round. The second round you're making a... Um, confection. Confection, thank you. And the third round is a showstopper, like, cake monstrosity thing. So round one... Everybody makes some kind of cupcake based on the theme. All of the judges taste it. Um, and then they decide who's eliminated. So you have a winner and you have a loser. The winner um, in season three, the one that we've been binging, don't worry, we've watched all of them. Um, in season three, if you win the round one, you either get 15 minutes added on extra time in the final round or you get $1,500. And originally, it was just, you would do, they just went straight through. It was, okay, first season, round one, you finish. You have round two, going. and then round two, and then you just start the baking immediately. If you lost, you could be in round three and start working on the cake. And they said, you've been kicked out. And you're like... So basically, there's a two-hour timer that goes on, and you're baking. And however long it takes you in your first round you have the rest of the time in your second round. Now, you have to balance the time with getting it done quickly because, oh, by the way, if you're eliminated, you're just off the show. And if you're not eliminated, you have now less time to finish. For your showstopper, you get a full three hours to do this huge, massive cake thing. Plus the additional whatever remaining Plus whatever time you might have banked. So with this season, it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, the... The people who are winning, like, do you want the 15 extra minutes? Do you want the cash? What is it? You know? So round one, you have all four people there. You eat a cupcake. Round two, you have three teams left. Everybody makes a confection. And then you go into round three, which is a showstopper. So our host, Hunter March, is a celiac. He's allergic to gluten. So most of everything on this show, he can't eat. So you see him like going over to the table with the judges and they're all getting a spoonful and he's really slick about it, but he only eats like he'll taste a little tiny bit of frosting or he'll eat a little piece of chocolate or a sprinkle or something, but he can't actually eat like the cupcake because he's allergic to it. There was a different, in one of the other seasons, there was a gluten-free challenge and it was so adorable to see him in it because he he just made it such a point. He's like, at every table, he's like, I'm eating the whole thing because I can and I never get to. I don't care how full I am. But it's cute. a great show. And the thing is that there were some great competitions, some great ideas. I don't know if you can tell, but I like this show. And the, it's a great invigorating show. It's not like Nailed It, where Nailed It is, okay, we're going to try to replicate this thing and do a shitty job. No, these are all very intelligent, for the most part, very competent uh, designers. There was only one one during season one where they failed so horribly that they're like, yeah, all these people suck. We have no idea what to do. Yeah. But that was season but one. But everybody on the show is either a professional baker or a home baker that now has their own business business or food truck or something. And it's either like their spouse, their friend, their coworker, their teacher from culinary school. There's some kind of, you know, relation to it. Or there's quite a few people that have come back and said, I stalked them on Instagram and I loved their fondant work. And now we're friends. And this is the first, first time cooking together. Which is a great concept for this. And so this is a six episode season. It's not like, Last season, which was... Well, they're all six... No, like, so, one of them had, like, eight. Season one had eight. Season two and three have six. And it's a very addictive show, because it is just great watching these things, because it's... Like, there's booze involved, there's liquor involved, and... And it keeps moving. So, whenever you have a contestant being judged, other people are still working at it, and the judges are pretty nice. Um, well, like with most things, one of them is horrible, and the other one is just kind of cool. And honestly, this is where I found out about on Adrian Zumbo, who's like the living Willy Wonka. Don't worry, he has his own show we've watched. Um, he's just fascinating. Yeah, he's a fascinating he's weirdo. He's insanely who's talented. Yeah, who's obsessed with macarons and is amazing at macarons. And in this episode, in one of the episodes, one of the people actually made a macaron. Like, I knew he was going to be the judge, so I had to make a macaron. And he's like, I'm impressed. She made an, a grapefruit macaron. And he goes, well, I start my day every day with grapefruit, and I usually end it every night with a macaron. And she's like, oh, great. But she nailed it. She did a great job. So it was kind of like she but, called it a bucket list item, making a macaron for Adriana Zumbo. But she did get kicked out. They did lose. Not on the macaron. Not on the macaron. But So the other thing that's important about this season is one of the guest judges. Because he had some great guest judges. He had Fortune Feemster, who I don't like her as a comedian, but she was actually very 
positive. You had T- Tyler Posey, Justin Willman. You had Garcelle Beauvice from Real Housewives. So if you watch that show, you'll know it. And then Baker culinary expert Ron Ben Israel was one of the guest judges. However, the last guest judge they dedicated the whole season to. And who are we talking about? No, the second guest judge. No, I know, but she's who the whole season's dedicated to. Oh, yeah, to. the entire season's dedicated to Naya Rivera. Yeah. As for those of you who don't know, Naya Rivera is the uh, Glee star who drowned recently. Uh, it's very tragic. and She drowned a few weeks before the episode aired. Yeah, and just, it's a shame. They, they dedicated it, and they kept the episode in this, post taken away. And it's just, she seemed like such a great It was uh, kind of sweet of to see her, because air. she was talking about how she was a mom, and how she's learning how to bake, because all that's all you do when you have a, a kid is, you And know. it's bittersweet, because it's like, you know, you, she, the goals that she was saying she's had, she's never going <sighs> to... It was sweet, because one of the things um, with... The other host, I always forget her name. Candace. Candace. She's saying, what's your favorite thing to bake? She goes, chocolate chip cookies, because my son loves them. She goes, that's my favorite thing to bake, chocolate chip cookies, because they're so, you know, classic. You never get tired of making chocolate chip cookies. And it's, it's just a great, just it was a, it's a very good feel, good show that you could turn on and do other things with, or you could try emulating if you're crazy. But it was a very excellent show, just a great bingey show. Now, there's other things that came out this week that we could talk about. I know everyone's like, you guys got to talk about the Umbrella Chronicles. Uh, oh, sorry, Umbrella Academy Season 2. We're keeping that for the superhero show. And I know that's kind of funny because Zan's ex- uh, extraordinary superhero examination, you, I should have been talking about Stargirl with that. But, eh. We what wanna, are you going to do? What are we going to do? Because it comes out before Tuesday. But we're going to be doing a deep dive on Umbrella Academy Season 2 and also a little bit more into Season 1 what we thought about that because that show is really addictive. But for then, I think that's it for this part of the show. So hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't watched these shows, definitely check them out. Let us know what you think. Email me at zanspirekin.com. So I think that's it, right? Yep. So we're gone. We'll catch you guys next time and stay tuned for the spoiler section. Otherwise, keep watching TV and have a great day. Bye. Bye. It's time for that part we all love talking about, and that is spoiler talk. Yay! 
This is the part where we talk about all the spoilery things that happen in the episodes. And first off, we're going to start off with, well, extra sweet um, Sugar Rush. And what could really spoil about this? Because you have to actually watch them baking it. But it's pretty freaking addictive. And I can't believe I said freaking because usually I say the other word. That's right. You're welcome, folks. I have rubbed off on Dan. (laughs) The other thing I loved is, is it episode one? There's a friend group, a girl and a guy, a, a male and a woman from... Hawaii. And they kicked ass. And they kicked ass. And they were real people and you could actually order from them if you live in Hawaii. So they're definitely worth checking out. Mad Go Mad Cakes Hawaii. with a Z. And then um, I forgot her cakes, but it's like Mad Cakes is the big one. So it's kind of cool. There were some really good conversations. And, and Mad Cakes apparently makes an ube macaroon. Or f- macaron. Sorry. Macaron. Macaroon. Well, because it's just a French macaroon. That's what I know what to say. It's, it's weird. Yes. But... There were some great topics for Sugar Rush. I gotta say that the one which I enjoyed the most was Blackout and Tropical Vacation. Those are the best ones. The one I thought the least of was, surprisingly, the Naya Rivera episode. Not because of Naya Rivera, but the subject is, birds of a feather, we're gonna make, you have to make your favorite bird. And, and then, uh, the hidden ingredient has to be something that they eat, whether it be millet powder or seeds or whatever. Or cricket powder, and it's like, really? That's... This is. What- I thought that was cool. I really liked the junk foodie. That was the one with the Hawaiian people in it. But- Not just because they were Hawaiian people, but I liked the. You like that rainbow roll. Oh, that rainbow roll looks so good. But I liked the the junk food like stuff that they threw in there, and then I I really liked um, the last one, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even though it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of like standout people in it, I liked the. The concept. The concept. Making your food look like other things. Like, the one I enjoyed, I think, for an aesthetic point of view, was the blackout. Because it was so creative to... We want it to all be black. And it just, like... They would make the cakes... Like, one particular that I remember, it was the... Is they covered the treat with a dome. And they spray-painted it with the food spray to make it look like... Literally that dark black where it absorbs light. Yeah, it looked amazing. It's like flat black. And then the and then the uh, tropical vacation just it's a very hearty, fun, yay type thing. Yeah, the tropical vacation was cute because they're like, make it inspired by a cocktail you'd have on vacation, like a like a pina colada or a mai tai. And I'm like, oh, pina coladas and mai tais. What about a lava flow? The first thing they said is, we like lava flows. I was all like, yes. Yeah, the for that one, I have to say. I wasn't too happy with the uh, with the choices because I liked Lava Flow. I was happy with that. I was happy with the uh, what was the the Blue Hawaii. I was happy with, but then it's a, but they needed to put more rum and stuff. And then Pina Colada came out. I'm like, really a Pina Colada? You couldn't think outside the box with that one, but apparently they did really well. They actually were a really good team. So, but yeah, so that's I will say it was a very fun and just relaxing show to watch. Worth checking out. So now. From here, let's get to the other show that we're going to be talking about for spoilers. And this is more of a spoiler. And we're talking about Stargirl Episode 12. And this one, I got to say, the main points of this were good. Because you had the assault on the Dugan house by by Tigress. Plus, you had the assault of uh, Pat Dugan's garage by Sportsmaster, Croc. And that's a great sequence because it's this interplay between... Croc uh, between Sportsmaster and Pat where he's like yeah you should have known you don't lie to friends and he's still acting like he's his friend but he's gonna he's totally no, gonna his, kill him his name isn't Kronk it's Crusher it's it's Crusher but it's it's, it's Sportsmaster and he's like you don't lie to friends and he's like he's like you're coming that's to kill him that's not a good punch you gotta punch from your hip that's better as they're beating each other up yeah, and then it just gets to a very dark point. And then when he sees the robot, he's like, wow, that's a really good robot. Shame you're not going to get in it. And then he just... So that sequence is going have, on. like, a lot of spoiler alerts and, for Stargirl. And, and then you have, like, Mike finding out. And how Mike finds out, first he has a temper tantrum. Because, like, you could tell Courtney, but you can't tell me. Screw this, I'm going to go. And he runs away, and that leads to some problems. Well, that's his dad, and his dad's now hooked up with another woman 
and they've changed their whole way of living and moved. And he and, and he doesn't. He's not quite sure if he really likes the other woman, although she's like. No, oh, he, oh, he likes up. he likes her now, but he hates his older bitchy teenage sister. So you go from being an only child to having a bitchy older teenage sister. And we've seen the progression. And now of, your dad's giving all of his attention to the new daughter. Which sucks. And then he finds that you, my dad's been lying to me the entire time. Your dad was a sidekick of a so superhero. So I totally get it. Like, he's... I totally get that. But I do like that they have this, the another heart-to-heart. And he's like, if I had found it first, it would have worked for me. And it does. And he's like, well, you know what? doesn't matter. My dad's really cool. He's got his own robot. So I think that that's really well done. I hope he does join the JSA. And I part of me thinks... I hope the pen works for him. The thunderbolt works for him. That would actually be really cool. Even though that'd be really scary, a twelve-year-old with a genie that'll do anything—that's really scary. Danger. Danger, danger, danger. Uh, I something else that I really enjoyed is I liked how Brainwave has become so much more of a, a sociopath now. Since he was like, I'm in a coma, and then he's like, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Then he's like, I'm a horrible person, and now he's just like, I hate everything, and I blame everybody for what's going on. I don't care if I die. Yeah, pretty much. And him dealing with Cindy, that sequence is kind of chilling and kind of... It's sad. But it's him just because, let's be honest, Cindy didn't give a shit about Henry. She was there as an... It was an assignment to her, and then... When he got his powers, she didn't give a shit. She was like, no, he doesn't have powers. And then he had total powers. So she screwed up her job. And then she was just too busy in it for herself. And she ended up, because she wasn't there, and she wasn't cultivating their relationship, Henry Jr. ended up with the good guys. Mm -hmm. And Henry Sr. hates that. And he blames her totally. And do you think he ruined her, he destroyed her dreams by telling her all that stuff? No, I don't think so. Telling her that her father thinks she's just a failed experiment. Cause she, cause she, she doesn't believe it. I mean, she could be lying about it, but she doesn't. She's like so flippant. Yeah, and I want to be part of the ISA. I deserve to. And she doesn't deserve to be in it. She's just a horrible person. But what but, I... So the spoiler that I have for this is, you know, they, they find out what the ISA, the message that they want to send out to everybody oh. is. And then they're like, wait a second. All of those things sound like good things. Are we sure we're on the right side? That was a great line. Because the whole thing is they're going to brainwash everybody. That's the whole plan. that Because gonna... they want everyone to believe the same ideological beliefs. Yes. And it's the new constitution is what they call it. And right. it's a, gr- a bunch of different things. And it's going to cover half the state. So it's 100 million people, give or take. And it's going to be, first off, they want people to uh, embrace uh, wind power and solar energy. And they want them to not be... uh, As wasteful. And they want health care. Universal health care and to be very nice to people. And just, it's a kind... To be kind to others. And so they're like, wait a second, are we sure we're on the right side of this? This all sounds like good stuff. But the whole thing is, in exchange for this one, they're going to be willing to fight everybody else in the world to get this going and they're going to be mindless soldiers in this and the other thing the more screwed up thing is that 100 you know uh 20, a certain percentage 25 percent of the 100 million people are going to die because they can't, they can't handle it and it's one of those is this a acceptable loss situation you're like oh that doesn't sound like such a great thing and i love that the reason why you found the whole reason why because The reason why they're able to find this out, and more importantly, they're able to communicate, because last time, they're trying to communicate and they couldn't get through the communications underground, but it's crystal clear this time. You find out the gambler hacked her head, uh, Dr. Midnight's headset, and is now like, yep, I'm in control now. I wanted you to know. And she's like, well, we got 30 minutes to solve this problem before you activate the brainwashing. And he's like, oh, you think you have 30 minutes to stop us from activating our brainwashing? No. At the 30-minute mark, we start brainwashing everybody. And so all the adults are now being brainwashed. And that includes Pat, Barbara, and Justin. So it only affects fully developed minds, which means it's adults only because children's, teenagers' minds are still being developed. So that's the... So you have the the Justice Society, the New Justice Society, being the ones who are going to have to stop the problem. However, one other thing is Brainwave, because he's so pissed off, he's being like, yes, I could do this. 
he realized that he can control Pat Dugan and he's going to fight Stargirl using Pat as a in Stripe as a puppet. And what I'm thinking is because this is going to happen, I think that that's going to divert his attention from brainwashing everybody. That's going to cause a problem. That's what I think is going to happen. That should be the window of opportunity that everybody has to take him down. Yeah. I think that's my point of view of that. Uh, also, seeing Stripe now with the remote control was a nice touch. And Justin is... Autopilot. Yeah. So what do you think about Justin in this episode, though? So, Justin. I think that he's crazy and you feel bad for him. But I liked how Pat was so gentle with him. That was last episode. He was. He... But Pat was so gentle with him. So he now knows that this is a safe space for him to be in. So even though they're like in danger and going to a different cabin and all this other stuff and getting ready to rage war, he's still like, he knows that he's in a safe space. So that's why he turns and he's like, yes, that's really tough. Well, I'm going to go clean the bathroom now. I like that he brought a feast worthy of, of lords and ladies. And he looks at the dog and says, and steeds. And noble steeds. It's KFC. He brought buckets of chicken from KFC. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So he's a little weird and crazy, so it's fine. But he's still a good man at heart. And he's still the shining knight. Yeah, he still has his values. And he knows who the good guy is. And he wants to do the right thing. But his brain's just a little bit messed up. Because the br- Whenever brainwave messes with somebody's mind or memories, it leaves them a little different. Which you found about last episode. Which explains so much of why he's like lost his mind. Part of me hopes that he kills Dragon King. Because one, it'll leave uh, Shiv or Cindy. I want something to happen to where he gets his mind back. Yeah, I hope he does. He's still got to find the horse, though. He's got to find his his valiant steed. Do you think it's going to be a car? No, it's, it's a horse. Do you think it's a real horse? It's a re- no, it, it's, it is a real horse. He oh. literally had a flying horse. He had a pegasi. Well, where the hell is this flying horse? Well, as he said in the last episode, he fell. So, Aww. But we will have to wait and see how this all ends. Um, I think, like I said earlier, MVP for this episode, I think, is going to be Pat. Yeah, he's really stepping up. Although he was kind of like the best thing since the beginning of I do Star love Girl. the fact that when you see him and they put the makeup on, look like he broke his nose broken by Sportsmaster. He looks like Luke Wilson. He's not Owen Wilson anymore. He's his, or sorry, he looks like Owen Wilson, not Luke Wilson. So he looks like his brother, except he's br- brunette instead of blonde hair. I do like that. He like he totally. You looks can like tell him. they're related. As we should be like, wow, <laughs> or to randomly take his shirt off and start brushing his teeth yeah and seeing barbara also with that look of such respect and just like my daughter's amazing seeing her save her that was a nice moment that was i don't think that's a moment that a lot of teenagers get i think that's something that's exciting for the adult to see and for the teen community to see um i think no matter what happens the next episode Next season is going to be a much better season than season one. Things are going to be a little bit more intriguing. Plus, we got past the whole slow introduction. Yeah, I'm just curious what they're going to do next and how they're going to do it. And are they going to bring back any of the other JSA members? And also, there's a theory going around that maybe... Well, they keep showing that one photo, and the whole thing is he led the group of... Well, that's the seven soldiers of victory. The seven soldiers of victory. And he goes, yeah, but there's eight people in the photo. They yeah. keep saying it, but they haven't addressed it yet. Oh, they did. They they addressed it, the fact that he's the reason why it's eight is because he's the squire. He was a sidekick, but there were other sidekicks in that group, so it can make right. It so I'm not like they haven't like really gone over it. So I'd like to see the them show up uh, next season. Also, they hinted at one of the girls, that one black girl who was friends with Cindy Jade. That might be Alan Scott's daughter, which would mean she would get the uh, power lantern to work. So she'd be Jade, it's the superhero Jade. Also, you have Artemis showing up. And, oh, we completely forgot the last thing. Seeing the fiddler, the principal, who she sets up her son in such an awesome scene of saying, listen, they made fun of your dad, but then he, he stopped. He thought, He's like, how did dad do it? And he he thought, took his bow and rammed it into his head and busted his eardrum. No one ever messed with him again. Yeah, it's like, And he was like, 
what? And then he looks at his... Tuba, and oh god, what you could do with a tuba, I don't even want to know. But then it's setting up something really cool, and then the next scene is you see her yelling at Sportsmaster and Tigress, and you think that she's going to kill them. she totally think that. But no, what happens? They just straight up kill her because she's insulting them, and that brings up the fact that early on they said that they're just, the gym rats, they're just wild animals. Yep. But you can't tell a wild animal that they're a wild animal. They're going to kill you. And boom, she's dead. I hope that she's not dead. But yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure she's dead. There's kind of a lot of blood for her not to be dead. Yeah, and if she's not dead, then... <laughs> hey, it could always go like Grundy. I mean, Grundy I know is a freak of nature, but that's a whole other thing because he's a zombie. But And I hope he gets Grundy in the next episode. I really do because... Oh, it's Simon. I don't know. I'm not excited about the whole Grundy thing. Simon Grundy. He's awesome. He's a big, burly, scary monster who you haven't seen the entire time. I want to see him. Well, you did see him for like a second when... You see him like kind hour... of attack the truck. Yeah, and you saw him when our man was trying to open the thing to get him because he killed his parents saying, I'm going to get you once I open the door and Grundy's trying to break the door open. So, I don't know. But, Okay. I think that's all we can talk about Stargirl. But Stargirl, not bad. Now let's get to the one which I know you're excited to talk about and I am too. Nosferatu Episode 7. And let's, should we go backwards or start Wayne from Wayne gets out of the car. He's let free. He's, t- he's trying to mend himself. He gets out of the car. And what happens? He goes back back inside no and he saves the door closes the handle locks and he looks up and he just goes i think i made a mistake no no he he goes i made a mistake and you feel bad for him you're like yes no the thing is he saved charlie manx charlie manx being had him he had charlie manx dead to rights he was gonna die uh bing was gonna redeem himself and I love and that. And Bing was going to kill himself also. And I love that he redeemed himself by saying, we're both monsters. And I know what to do with monsters. Yep. But also the fact that we just we found out that he actually raped the guy that he got the car from. That I didn't expect. I didn't expect that. That was a very disturbing part. But more importantly, the fact is we found out... Yeah, I'm glazing over that. We found out about Charlie Manx and how his situation occurred and the fact that he was from he a frontier town. A, he grew up in a whorehouse. His mother was a whore. Was straight up a whore, but she took care of him and then he ended up doing favors for a local shop owner who turned out was a pedophile. A bad guy. And then eventually he raped him and then in anger, Charlie beat him to death. And then when his mother said, are you okay? Let me help you. And he said, no, it's your fault. You did it. You made me do it. It's like, no. She goes, no, you knew he was bad. And yet you got all the other boys to go over and do stuff. And then he ends up killing his, his mom. But he takes the blame. He blames her. Which shows up later more so because his dead wife finally speaks to Millie. Because Millie goes back into the, the ghost house of their old house. And she talks to her. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, well, I want, to, I want to show you something. And this is the things that your father is fearing the most. And the thing that he fears the most is you see Millie. and then, Is this sweet and then, little girl who see, wants to play with the doll and is dreaming about being 16 and going off and getting married and having an adventure. And It's Millie as a grown-up, as a human. And it's such a tragic moment of her realizing. Because at first she's like being herself, but then it's like... He... Charlie Minks is afraid of his daughter growing up and going away. And being an independent being woman. Because he's gynophobic slightly. He totally is. He's very afraid of women, powerful women. He wants a woman that's going to listen to what he says and needs him. And I wonder if he'll actually kill Millie. Yeah, and he's very quick on saying that women are evil and bad. And, and I love the fact that Millie first says, you're trying to trick me to her mom, who's the ghost of her mom. And her mom says, I just want the best for you. And the thing is, if Charlie dies, you're going to die here. I want you to be safe and free. It's like, find a way out of here. And this is going to lead to stuff later on, because I wonder if she's going to betray Charlie to get out of there. Just like all the other women he can, he's been blaming his entire life. 
Yeah, all the other ones. And this episode was really Vic light. We saw nothing with Vic, but we saw Bing. She's referenced a lot, though. So yeah. when uh, Wayne is in the car with his dad. With, with his ghost dad. With the Craig. ghost of, right. He says, okay, don't forget your mom. Oh, your tooth is loose. Okay, tell me about your mom. It's like, she's bad. He goes, no, that's the car. Tell me about the mom. One thing I know about your mom is her favorite movie is Jaws. And then and then Wayne is like, her her favorite holiday is 4th of July. And she loves eating ice cream for breakfast. And she start, he starts getting back to normal and he's fighting it. And then he goes, how's your tooth? And he goes, it's not loose anymore. He goes, good. Keep telling me. Tell me about where, where are you from? What's your dad like? And that was heartbreaking because he starts bringing up uh, Lou and you see Craig kind of like that's not your dad and then you see Wayne ask him well how do you know my mom right and how do like, you know so much about my mom she's my best friend because I, I think you can't tell a kid like that that you're a ghost but that you're his dad and that would help him escape and I do like that early on that Bing is like willing he's like you hurt my mom let me go home and Bing realizes he made a mistake because Charlie's like, you're going to be my partner. Fix and the car like, and we'll he go. He just wants to go back to his mom. And he does the whole realization thing. And then he tells him, go, go run down to the street. Go find a police officer and tell him that you're Vic McQueen's, Vic McQueen is your mom. He's like, and tell your mom, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's a great redemption moment for him. But then just because... Wayne is like a zombie now. He saves the day. It's just sad. But Charlie Minx like opens the door again. He's like, get in. Get in, child. He doesn't even remember that his name is Wayne. Get in, child. Let's go to Christmas tree land. And And you see Craig is like, no. Craig's like, no, run. Go away. Go get help. And... He just doesn't. He just gets in the car. And then when the door closes, it's just like so sad. And then he goes, I made a mistake. The last time he tried to run away, Charlie just grabbed him and threw him in there. And he's kind of in his thrall still. And Charlie's at full strength again. Yeah. Which is kind of BS. He shouldn't have been. Fix the car. Yep. The car's his lifeline. He, if that car got crushed, he would have been dead. I know. That's why Bing was doing it. But then if Bing didn't try to kill himself because he knows he's a bad man, if he didn't try to kill himself, he would have followed through and Charlie would be dead. Bing was trying to do the right thing because he could have gassed Wayne and said, go, go find a police officer. He should have gassed Wayne and said, go find a police officer. But, but he, he was being good. He's finally being a good man. Just seeing... Because the thing is, it's very similar to early on when he killed the the really screwed up shop owner. He killed him with a piece of the sled, which looked like a sword. And this time, he killed... Well, he killed him with the sled. He hit him with the sled, and the sled broke. And then he killed him with... He killed his mom with the piece of the sled. Right. He finished him off with the sled. We It's thankfully off screen, but you see blood splatter. I think it's a very artistic scene. But... <sighs> Ugh. And then and then he still got a piece of the broken sled in his hand. That's what he kills his mom with. But then he kills Bing with the same, like, a piece of metal, which is just very similar to him. And just seeing him just stab and saying, you're right, I did think you're an idiot and mm-hmm. a fool. And he just turns the knife, like, yeah, you're not going to survive. He's like, I hope you survive. But we see in the trailer that Vic comes and sees him and he's not dead yet and he's able to get a message out the next so we don't know what happens with him well the next episode's titled chris mcqueen so i think something's gonna happen to the dad i don't know what i mean he's already been shot so but i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i really don't i do know that the dad's gonna beat the shit out of, of bing and we have to wait a few more days yeah i just hope that she accepts bing's apology yeah well, stay tuned. Yeah, and we will talk about other shows as well. Like, we got to figure out what we're going to fill it up because we have a couple more episodes of Nosferatu and then Stargirl ends next week. So we have to figure out something else to watch. Maybe we'll talk about some of the other shows on Netflix or Hulu. The Babysitter's Club. That's just 
but Downton that's Abbey. We, but Babysitter's Club thing. is just the books verbatim, just modernized. That's all. And you were never a tween girl. You will never appreciate it the same way. It's like redoing Encyclopedia Brown and then just doing the same stories. It doesn't age well when they they complain about things which are like saying, "Oh, kids won't understand this." It's like, no, nowadays kids understand a lot. You have kids with wheat. Uh, gluten allergies and other allergies and you have to be a little bit nicer to the kids and this is no they're gonna make fun of me because i have a i have type one diabetes it's like no they have but that's every kid kids have to learn all of those things that's still relevant because when you're little no one knows what it is unless you have it or you have a family member with it so at some point you have to teach kids about it that is very true kids are horrible they'll tease you about anything Anything. I don't think that's true, but... Oh, were you never a child? No, they'll tease you about a lot of stuff. I'm not, I'm not right. Gonna... Okay, you look different. You smell different. Okay, so enter kid with device stuck to their person. I'm a robot. Unless they're a super popular kid, they're not getting away with that. And even if they are a super popular kid, they're still going to need to be some kind of explanation. Actually, that is very true. Now I think about it. I think about when we, when I reviewed Silent Voice. I forgot about that because that's, well, Silent Voice is a whole other right. thing. Oh, um, I should bring this up in the manga review, but something really fun and cool. If you are someone who likes anime, G Kids is going to be releasing a bunch of stuff. Like today, they're releasing the box set for Ride Your Wave. Woohoo! So if you like anime, Ride Your Wave, which we reviewed in... Uh, Spark and Main Movie Review. You check it out. It's a really cool story. Also, they have Promare. The DVD special limited edition set, which is two discs. Ride Your Wave is better. And then, more importantly than that, one of the greatest movies of the year, one we watched in theaters before all this started, is getting a five-disc, surprisingly a five-disc set, limited edition. And we're talking about Weathering With You. It's coming out November 17th. I'm kind of shocked at that. Why? Weathering With You is getting five discs. Like, three discs is movie, special features, and then you get the soundtrack. So what are the other two discs? I don't know. We'll have to get it. Is it that much content? Is there a version where he fixed the thing that he wanted to fix? I don't know. Maybe. We are going to have to wait and see. Um... But yeah, let us know what you think. Give us some recommendations for TV shows that you want us to talk about. And finally, I think that's it for this episode. So thank you for listening. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so catch you next time and keep watching TV. See ya. Bye.